to another episode of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We have a great show lined up for you all. And of course, my co-host John DeShazer and I will discuss the first weekend of training camp and everything that you might have missed over the weekend. But first things first, we wanted to kick off the show and the week with a special one-on-one interview with Saints Super Bowl champion Roman Harper. First things first, it's been breaking news all over the place. Antonio Brown entered training camp in a hot air balloon. Yesterday, Jalen Ramsey came to camp in a Brinks truck. So, if you had to go back, would you do your player intro any other kind of way? No, no, <laughs> not at all. I I just never wanted that much attention. Yeah. And I dreaded training camp. I okay. didn't want it. I didn't want to make a big announcement. Right. Um, but I, those are some cool ideas though. And AB's done this for years. I actually like when he got dropped off in the Rolls Royce, yeah. like the 1930s Rolls Royce uh, before that. But once you start it, you can't just show up. Right. Right. So now right. you gotta like you gotta keep doing more and more. So that's the thing that I would try and. So what's next? Yeah, you, know? you can't one up and air. You, How to, well, maybe a jet. Yeah, maybe or a helicopter. A yeah. I think next next year he should just come out, jump out of a helicopter or something, or do it another way. That that's I don't know only, if Coach would like that, but you know. Well, coach probably didn't like him coming in an air balloon. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't think so. Coaches don't, think don't so. make any of these decisions. Absolutely not. Well, Roman. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's good to have you today here in Studio B as we start off Saints training camp. Thank um, you. you know, from an outside perspective, I know you're you're starting things off again with WDSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's that going for you so far? It's good. It's been very. Uh, it's been great. You know, working with Jim Moore, he's absolutely amazing. I've become more of a fan of his every day I'm around him. Um, Fletcher, Sharif, the whole staff, Akili, that whole group. Um, really great people to work with. They love the Saints. They love their city, uh, and they've been very supportive of me and this second stage of my life and other careers that I've been doing. So they love working with me. Uh, it's very easy going and I know football, so it's easy talking about it and things like that as well. How many times do you zone out when Fletcher starts talking? I mean, do you ever just catch yourself like, okay, come back, come back. Cause I know he can go. He Fletcher can go. is a talker. All right. <laughs> Fletcher's a talker. He's very animated. Right. He's always about all these other things. And I, he's so new Orleans though. He's like yeah. undercover, the biggest saints fan mm-hmm. you'll ever meet. And he wants and roots for this team so much, but you're right though. He's a big talker. I don't do zone out. I just think <laughs> it's funny because the relationship and the dynamic between he and Sharif Ishak is very funny. Cause Sharif's like, Fletcher's always cutting me off. Right. Yeah. Fletcher's always trying to cut me off. And then Sharif's like, I mean, well, Fletcher's just like, dude, I'm just talking. I'm just mm-hmm. talking. And he has this weird little voice. So it's, it's really funny being around these guys and, seeing the other half of the production right. behind the shows. So you talk about the other half. I mean, you were a player at one point, obviously, Super Bowl champion. Is it kind of weird going from being a player, knowing the ins and outs, and then now having to talk about it in kind of a different way for people to understand exactly what you're talking about, kind of in layman's terms? Yeah, you have to. You can't go into it too deep. There's right. no reason. I, I'm not going to sit up here and break down coverages and all these other things that, that really go into the nuances of football because football is such a, a way more mental sport than what everybody does. Does. I do enjoy just p- speaking of little things, like even like when, when my neighbor, I tell my neighbor, like, when you watch football, don't always watch the ball. Like, I don't watch the ball. I look at other things, and naturally my eyes will take me to where the ball is going to go Okay. because things build up on each other. And I, he's actually tried this, and he's like, dude, I've, ne- I've watched football for 40 years, and mm-hmm. never anybody's never ever told me that. And now he said he watches games, and he just – takes a series and watches different position groups and how different things like he's like it's amazing to see the, all the little things the communication the people talking and even though you might not know what they're saying mm-hmm. but you know something's going on right and uh, those things kind of lead to it and and now when I explain on tv and when I'm doing these things it's just I can just I can make it fluid and just try and deliver to the person and to the media and to the people that are watching to where uh 
just make it easier for you, understanding mm-hmm. where teams are coming from, why the organization is doing these things, and from a player's perspective, how we how we view things, how what is our opinion, or you know, because everybody thinks they know what a player's opinion yeah. is, but they really have no idea <laughs> right. what really goes on inside these locker rooms and and um and how we're really just big kids, man. We're just the same people yeah. as who we are as teenagers. We just have more money and more toys, and we do. A little bit more dumber things sometimes, but we're genuinely good people trying to be the best at what we do. Right. Yeah. I always pretend like I'm explaining things to my mom because my mom has watched me and my older brothers play for got to be like 30 plus years now. And she still has no idea what's going on when it comes to basketball. I'm like, OK, just explain it as if I was ex- talking to my mom. You know? That is it. You got to be able to break it down to those that do not understand. That reminds me of my brother's girlfriend in high school. She sat up in the stands and watched every game right. for like three years. And then you'd ask her one thing. She'd be like. What are you talking about? How do you not know what a penalty is? How do you not know? How do you not know at this point? Come on. She has no idea. <laughs> she just knows what number you are, and that's it. Right. Right. So a lot of storylines going into this training camp, obviously. Michael Thomas, uh, he, he's in negotiations with the Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have position battles at the center, uh, strong safety. Um, what exactly are you most looking forward to seeing out of this training camp? I know that's a loaded question, but for you, what are you watching? No, I'm really looking at who's going to step up in that secondary. I know the corner position is extremely tight. It's a lot of really good talented players out there. I was watching them. That group is really good. I want to see who's going to step up in the in the safety group and really kind of become the quarterback of this defense. That's mm-hmm. what you got to have. Everybody has to be on the same page in that back half. And I think Von Bell, uh, Marcus Williams, a lot of these guys have been there. They've played a lot of games. But, hey, you got these young guys that they bring in that are going to push you a little bit, and that's good. I think competition brings out the best in everybody, and it makes the room better. It makes everybody better. It's going to make this team better. And I think if they can get that kind of sewed up, that's the competition I'm looking forward to the most. And also that, that second, third receiver, who's going to be that guy of the group that's going to really start to separate themselves? I understand what Ted Ginn does. He's a – He's an enigma. He's one of those guys. He's an outlier because of his speed, his uh, his big playability, and his veteran leadership. But the other guys, who's going to balance off of Michael Thomas? I know Jerry Cook. Right. I'm excited to see him come in and play. I played against him when he was younger, and now I'm watching him, and he's a lot bigger than what I thought. So that's <laughs> good. A big thing. dude. He's a really big dude. And I always knew he was tall and he was right. fast, but now he looks a little bit thicker than he is, and you know, heavier, and he looks more put together. And so I I, I like to watch these guys, and now taking a step back from it and seeing who they are personality-wise, that's another thing that, to me, I feel goes very important because this locker room, the dynamic of the yeah. locker room, plays important uh, important roles when it comes to winning championships. I think it was Craig Robertson last year at the end of the season. He was like, our, our locker room has never been closer. I mean, these guys, it's not just us hanging out in the locker room, outside the locker room. It's our wives. They have Bible study mm-hmm. together. Everyone's just hanging out. Everyone wants each other to succeed. So I think, like you said, that chemistry is unmatched. Do you think um, that will stay the same this year? I mean, there's been a lot of changes. But do you think uh, they've brought in the right guys and the right characteristics to have that similar locker room this year? I would assume so. Um, Mickey and, and Terry and those guys, They every year it seems like they bring in quality guys into the locker room and that has always been kind of the constant heartbeat and if you got your best players are good people Mm -hmm. then everybody else will kind of tend to fall in line I think I learned that when I was here Um, our best players are quality guys and then everybody else kind of falls in line up under that and you kind of see that with this team Craig Robertson is a guy you're not going to see you know, be the leading tackler on the team but he in that locker room is somebody that's so important to keeping the heart the the guys right, the morale right, and and that's how you win games before you ever line up on the field is, you know, the, the togetherness and all those things because when you love somebody or you care about the person that you're playing beside, you're willing to go the distance with them. You're willing to do a little bit more for the person beside you. And at the end of the day, 
those are the things that separate the great teams from the good ones. Right. You talk about uh, what position you watch, or not watching the ball when you watch football. Mm -hmm. And, of course, playing safety yourself. Do you find your eye drawing to that position more when you first look at the game, or do you kind of try to watch the line a little bit? What does your eye first go to? So I can't – I don't understand the line, right? I've right. watched the game with, like, my former teammate, Jari Evans. And he's like, oh, man, look at that surge. I'm like, what? It, it makes <laughs> no sense to me. So I naturally tend to watch the back half. And, and build upon what I'm looking at from there. So when offenses are building up formations or they're motioning, they're usually building up things. Greg Williams would always say it, like, you know, when the offense breaks a huddle, they're telling you a story. You just got to be able to read the book. So you got to hmm. get into I deep. Like yeah, yeah. It's it, literally everything that they're doing, they're telling you what they're about to do. You just got to be able to read it. Right. So, you know, the different things that go on pre-snap, post-snap, Right at the beginning, the game happens so fast. But for me, it's so much slower now. So I know what my eyes are looking at or what my eyes are telling me. And those are the things that I naturally tend to look for. So I'm always going to be looking at the DBs because I'm a DB guy. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and I can learn everything that I need to know based upon that between them and the linebackers. Who's out of a gap? Who's running? You know, the run fits, the pass game, all those things. So from a defensive position, I mean, you're not, you haven't gone against them. Well, you said you did go against uh, Jared Cook, mm -hmm. right? So – from that perspective, what do you think he's going to add to the Saints' offense, and do you think he has a capability to be the Saints' number two receiver this year? It, it definitely. It, well, it, it gives Drew a security blanket right. that he has not had uh, consistently for a while. You know, no disrespect to Ben Watson, but Ben was 35, 36 yeah. when he got here again. Yeah. But, you know, since Jimmy Graham, when Drew put up all these great numbers, he hasn't had a dynamic tight end with great size and speed like a Jared Cook. So knowing that, seeing him run around today – and some of the things, because linebackers are not going to be able to run with this guy mm -hmm. the longer he is. And, you know, you have to, so that means you've got to put a nickel or a DB. And it's all about matchups. Knowing how Sean attacks defensively, pure upon matchups, that's what he does. And that's what makes him and this offense so dynamic is because, you know, you, you attack offenses, you attack position groups, you attack certain personnel with every formation that they do. So that's what makes it so hard to prepare against this team. I, I played against the Saints in mm -hmm. this Often, so I understand the things that they do, and um, don't give away our secrets. I'm not giving away anything. <laughs> I didn't say anything too deep, but just know that Jerry Cook's going to be a. You know, if he gets 50 to 60 catches this year, that's huge because right. they have not had that from the tight end position. So just knowing that, and I know how Drew likes to attack the seams, and you know, even if somebody's covered, Drew's accurate enough and understands where to throw the ball and put ball placement to where a good throw always beats great coverage. Right, uh, old player or new player. Before I let you go, who is the number one player that you're excited to watch during training camp? Other than Drew, because I know everyone's excited to see Drew. Yeah, I, I, I've seen Drew a lot. You're used I, to it. It's yeah, not, yeah. The, the charm is gone. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like me and Drew are married. He's not the girlfriend anymore. Right. You know what I mean? It's not that exciting. It's an old thing. Yeah, old it's thing. an old thing. <laughs> yes. Um, in all honesty, um, Demario Davis, I love watching him come yeah. to work. I think he – is something special. I think he's very underrated. I thought he should have been a Pro Bowl player last year. Um, I, I love seeing Cam with his still his same energy. Cam's like the biggest kid you'll Dude. ever meet in your life. Imagine having his energy, like the <laughs> things that you could do in life. I'm like, if I had Cam's energy, I'd probably be like a doctor or something. Yeah. Like I'd stay up all night, be able to study, yes. do anything I wanted. Cam in his energy, his life, you know what I mean? It, it's very infectious, and um, I'm, I'm really excited to see how he's going to do. I want to see the dynamic between Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. Yeah. I want to see how that kind of gels together as well because I know uh, AK and Mark, how close they were. So those are the things to me that I look forward to to really seeing how this team's going to gel. Not only that, but how's 
Taysom Hill going to continue to to grow? Yeah. Um, and and what are his roles going to be going forward? Um, I think he's a very unique player. Uh, in his own self. So all these little things is what I like to look forward to. The O-line, I don't understand enough to talk about. The D-line, I want to see how Davenport's going to go into his second year. Mm -hmm. um, I, I look at somebody like Cam Jordan, where his first year, I don't even think he had a sack. And then now he's become like one of the best defensive linemen in the whole NFL. And that can happen. You mm -hmm. have to have a growth process. And I think he's another guy, if he can get his game to a certain amount of level, it makes this defense a totally different type of deal because now you don't have to blitz as much. You can play more coverage, which I know Dennis Allen likes to do a little bit more and mix up some things. So I'm, I'm inside of all these guys' heads because I've been in these rooms right. for so long. And I know their personalities and who they are or who they choose or aim to be. So uh, these things can just got to stay – they just got to stay happening. And at the end of the day, we got to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. This team has to get through training camp yeah. without any major injuries. And if they do that, knock on wood, they'll be just fine. They'll be primed for another run at this team. I want to pick that inside their head thing. So Marcus Davenport, obviously mm -hmm. you might not think the same way as he does. He's a young guy, but you're coming into your second year. Uh, a lot of it is, is expected out of you this year. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you have guys like Cam Jordan who are taking you under their wing. Do you feel pressure this year or do you just want to do your best and then let everything else do the talking for you? I think it's pressure all the time. Right. And it's, like, it's a business, yeah. right? And it's your job. So, And when you trade two first-round picks to move up to get this kid, you got him pegged to like, hey, he's got to be a game changer at some point. Yeah. And uh, so I definitely understand that. I think he gets that. You know, uh, last year he was hurt. You know, he was never really healthy at times when he was in. I love his motor. He plays extremely hard. And those are the things that you can coach. So now we just got to coach up the other things, clean up the technique, learning how when I hit the quarterback not to get a penalty, right? Because right. these are things that he was doing right. at, a, at a high rate. I'm like he's hitting the quarterback, but every time he gets around the quarterback, I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> so these are the things that we want to improve on and where we hitting them, where our target area. Those are the things that you coach up with, and those are what you pay the best coaches for. And you learn to get better about this. This is how you learn to become a, a great pro. And to me, the ultimate compliment is when somebody says, man, you know, Roman Harper, he was a great pro. Um, it's not about how many tackles or interceptions or all the other things. It's all about the, the way I came to work, the way my approach was mentally, physically, preparing myself to go out there to be the best I could every Sunday and show up on Sundays and not just be a guy out there but put some stats behind it. That, that, those are the ultimate compliments that I aim to do for, and I hope he's going to be that same player because I look forward to him starting to make that upswing. I know some guys – that are uh, scouts and other things that really, really like this kid. And coming from a small school, you're going to have uh, some growing pains. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the sky's the ceiling when, he all, when he's able to put it all together with his size, his speed, and ability. Well, I know a lot of Saints fans are looking forward to it. Before I let you go, how's Daddy Daycare going? Daddy Daycare is uh, in full swing. Um, <laughs> it is real. You know what? I started doing that, just recording, like, my struggles when my wife was out of town one time. Oh, it's a struggle. And it's real. And the fact that I can open up and people really get a kick out. I get more comments on just stuff about my kids than I ever do about myself. Right. And it's really just because like people love you just being, they, you guys see like they want to put us on this pedestal. It's and they authentic. Think that, yeah. yeah. And they think that we're don't do the same things that every normal human being does. And we do the same struggles. Like my son just peed on me like the other day. Right. <laughs> like I'm like, dude, I can't control my kids yeah, either. Yeah, you, know? I can't, you know what I mean? Like control this thing. Right. Son, all right. And, you know, so those are the things that yeah, that really I really enjoy. I, I love spending time with my kids and my family. There's such a, a young, delicate time right now, and they love dad, so I don't want to take that from them. And um, it, But Daddy Daycare is going. It's a full-time <laughs> job. And I, I give so many moms and dads credit that actually 
do this on a full-time basis and um i wouldn't be able to do it without my wife and she definitely wouldn't be able to do it without me so i tell all the time like the the moment i start going back to work full-time you ain't gonna know to do it yourself Mm -hmm. i mean well they'll be older it'll be better no peeing on anybody hopefully yeah (laughs) yeah she couldn't handle that it's funny how moms teaching sons how to use the restroom is a total different experience um in the same way with me working with my daughters i i I was nervous. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm a very hands-off guy. You guys have got to go. <laughs> Figure it out yourselves. Yeah, you guys got to handle that. I, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. That's so it, it's it's real, but I, I appreciate it. I wouldn't change it for the world. And I got a great support system behind me, too, with family. That's awesome. Well, Roman, thanks so much for joining us today. And enjoy the rest of training camp. Looking appreciate it. I'm, I'm going to enjoy it, man. It's been fun. And I, uh, the, the weather's been great. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Always a fun time whenever you get to speak to a Super Bowl champion. J.D., as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, a lot has happened over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, training camp, and especially once you get into the pads, which is the beauty of it, once we got into the pads over the weekend, that kind of ramps up the enthusiasm because you know, football players always feel like, you know, quote, unquote, it doesn't really begin until they put on some pads. Mm-hmm. Now, they're in full contact tackling as in tackling guys to the ground, but it is a lot more physical, and guys pick up the pace a little bit. I think the juices start flowing for the players. So that's what really makes it interesting over the weekend. Oh, and by the way, some things have happened <laughs> off the field for the Saints too. But, you know, on the field, those are the things that kind of make it make it jump a little bit. Is there a certain point where guys can go 100% or they do they kind of wait till the preseason games to, to go 100%? Really, it's the preseason game. I mean, you go 100%, but there's not tackling now. Right. And so, you know, with, with, the, with, the, with the new uh, NFLPA rules, um, and the non-contacts, and you have to have a certain amount of days off and, you know, those kinds of things. It's not like the old days. I still always, you know, harken back to 2006 when the team practiced in Jackson when it seemed like they were in pads and full contact every day. Now, that's probably an exaggeration. But, man, it sure felt like that. And uh, and those days are gone. You don't see that kind of contact anymore, and a lot of it has to do uh, with player safety. Uh, you don't want to see – a guy get injured and, you know, quarterbacks don't get hit, but you'd hate to see Alvin Kamara uh, come away, you know, get, get tangled up in a pile and come up with an, uh, with an injury that you would probably say was unnecessary uh, during training camp. So I think a lot of it has to do with that. And I understand it. And yet the players would probably like a little bit more contact because that's what they're accustomed to. Yeah. As you mentioned, a lot of things have happened on the field and off the field. Uh, Saturday, we saw A.J. Klein miss practice um, because at the time we didn't know it, but his wife gave birth to a beautiful baby girl. So congratulations to them and their family. And then we found out today we did have a lot of guys miss practice, but they had vet days. Uh, One guy was noticeably gone, Cam Meredith. It was announced in the middle of practice that he was cut. The the Saints brought in offensive lineman Patrick Omame um, to add to their offensive line. So your thoughts? on Cam Meredith you know he obviously was a guy who just couldn't couldn't get healthy yeah just a disappointing run uh, the Saints really believed in him he was a restricted free agent from the Bears um, and they had seen something out of him and obviously he tore his ACL before he left the Bears but the Saints gave him a contract structuring it in such a way that the Bears you know probably couldn't match it uh, it would have been detrimental to them financially to match it so they had to do that because he was a restricted, restricted free agent, and they did it because they liked what they saw. But he never could get it together as a Saint. Uh, we saw some small, minor flashes of it, a guy with great size, and he looks the part, but he just couldn't stay healthy long enough uh, to be on the field for the Saints. And even though he started his training camp full and healthy, uh, he wasn't participating full 
uh, the first couple of days. He takes some reps off. And, and look, they've got some young guys on this roster at receiver who look like they might be keepers. Uh, and then you've got to obviously factor in the fact that Michael Thomas, who isn't here right now, but he's going to be back. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, now you're talking about, you know, who's he going to be able to be out, beat out? How far behind is he? And if he's already behind and as you progress, because he's coming back from injury, you have to give him maintenance days, vet days. How much is that going to be detrimental to him? And I think all of that stuff just factored in on him. Uh, disappointing, as I said, you know, because you don't bring a guy in that you don't think can make the team. Yeah. Uh, you don't bring him in if you don't think he can help you. But unfortunately, Cam Meredith just never got to that point with the Saints. Well, to your point, a lot of guys are stepping up, obviously, in Michael Thomas's absence for the beginning of this training camp. And then, of course, you have another guy who did spend the last year on the team. Of course, we didn't see a lot out of him because he was on IR. Uh, but these younger guys stepping up. And, and let's go ahead and transition into our, our standouts because I want to talk about that. Uh, some guys you've seen stand out in, so far in this training camp. Of course, everyone's talking about Emmanuel Butler, so I'm going to go ahead and select him. I'll take that off your plate. That's a good pick. Uh, uh, you know, he's been That's able to, to create a lot of separation, um, come up with some big catches. Uh, obviously, as you've mentioned a lot of times, you never want to see a ball hit the ground uh, in training camp, especially if you're a tryout guy. So he's one of those guys that he's he's going up there and he's catching everything. Big, big target. 6'4 and 220, I think. Uh, he played tight end in high school, and he said he ends up at Northern Arizona because uh, most teams thought he was kind of a tweener. They didn't think he was fast enough to be a receiver, but they didn't really think he was big enough uh, to be a tight end. He goes to Northern Arizona. He sets a couple of school records. Uh, now he gets an opportunity in the in, in the NFL. He's an undrafted rookie, uh, and he's a guy who, you know, you always hear about high-pointing the ball. Well, Drew Brees can throw it high, mm -hmm. and Emmanuel Butler can go up and get it and keep it away from defenders. He's got strong hands. Uh, so those are things that you look for. You know, if you're an undrafted guy, you know, you probably need to have some special traits. Uh, you got to pick your spots where you can go because if you go to a roster that's loaded with receivers, that doesn't work well for you. He found a team that probably could use some help at receiver spot or at least was having some, some somewhat open auditions. Uh, so Emmanuel Butler looks this first week, knock wood, mm -hmm. like a keeper. Um, it's going to remain to be seen, but I think what we've seen – with Cameron Meredith uh, now released and with Michael Thomas not in, he's getting a chance to work with the ones and twos right. against the top cornerbacks on the team, and he's still making those plays. Those are the things that are going to stack up well in his favor. Uh, doing it against the third and fourth and fifth cornerbacks is one thing. Doing it against you know the Marshawn Lattimore's and the, the Eli Apples, the starters, that's a different thing. And I th think those things are working well in his favor. And I think if anyone's going to open up the offense for you, it's going to be Sean Payton and Drew Brees. I think they're going to put you in a position to succeed. Yeah, um, you know this these guys. You know, the Saints offense has been intriguing over the years with Drew Brees because until Michael Thomas came along, he hadn't had a Pro Bowl receiver. Mm -hmm. uh, what he had did ha and has done and continues to do if he gets the chance, if you're open, he throws you the ball. Right. Um, that's always been his mantra, get open, and, and he doesn't care You know what round you drafted in. He doesn't care what number you're wearing. He's going to throw you the ball. And so, you know, Emmanuel Butler so far in practice has been a guy who has been able to get open. Drew Brees has thrown the ball, and we've seen him throw it in some tight, tight windows where Butler just kind of outbigged everybody or out-athleted him, uh, so to speak. So, again, it's probably going to take some learning for him. I'm sure he doesn't know all of the playbook right now, but he seems like he has some skills that translate well to the NFL. 
I picked out the obvious guy who is a standout to you. Who is uh, the guy that has that has stood out the most to you in this training camp, other now, than Emmanuel Butler? No, well, the guy who's kind of jumped up for me has been uh, Saquon Hampton, uh, Saints rookie draft pick, and you know he's a rookie draft pick. So you know, I don't know necessarily know if I should say it's a shock or anything because you expect some things out of your draft picks. But the higher touted of the of the defensive backs as rookies is C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And, and don't get me wrong, he hadn't disappointed. But Saquon Hampton seems to be, uh, whether it was minicamp or OTAs, he just seems to be showing up. He's a big, physical-looking dude. Yeah. And uh, we saw him close on one today. He might have gotten there a step early, but we saw him close in pass coverage today and really smack a receiver. He, he just looks formidable. And he got a chance to work with the ones today because it, it might have been – a maintenance day somewhat for Marcus Williams, uh, the safety. So we saw Saquon Hampton get a chance to work with the ones uh, at safety. And he looks like he knows what he's doing. The Saints have made it uh, a real priority of drafting smart players, guys who can figure out what the heck they're doing because the sooner you know what you're doing, uh, the faster you can play and the more you can get on the field. He looks like he fits into that, but he is imposing physically. Uh, and when he comes and when you see him out there, you, you know, you notice him. And I just I, I thought he's had a, a pretty good first couple of days. How long do you think it takes these guys to kind of pick up the terminology? Of course, they're learning new things every single night. So it's not going to happen automatically. But do you think it's, you know, reasonable to say that within a week or two, they should start picking up the terminology pretty quickly? Well, it, it's hard. Now, they've had their playbooks, and they've been into it, you know, since they got drafted because, they, you know, the rookies come to a rookie minicamp. Right. And then, you know, you go to OTAs, and then you go to a regular minicamp. So you've had some chances to kind of get into it. But the Saints' offense and defense are so vast. Uh, and, and that's for any NFL team. Well, you're talking about a Saints' offensive system that has been in place, uh, the, the base of it since 2006 when Sean Payton and Drew Brees came. And you've got to add something to it every year. You got to keep it fresh. You got to tweak it. And so the offensive guys are, you know, if you're a rookie coming in on the offense, it's like, my goodness, that's, you know, 13, 14 years of information that has been compiled that you've got to get. Now, Drew Brees comes in and he's got to learn the last two pages, and you've got to learn the first 298 pages. Right. That's a lot to ask. Uh, so, you know, that's why the priority is finding guys who are smart who are able to digest what you're doing because, again, you can't play if you don't know where to line up. Right. You can't play if you don't know the plays because you don't know where to go and you can't help the team. Defensively, it might be, I don't want to say easier, but Dennis Allen has been the defensive coordinator for the last three, four years, and so his his library might not be as big. Now, he's been a defensive coach in the NFL for a long time, so I'm sure he's got a lot of stuff, but – you know, maybe offensively, it might be a little bit more, a little bit more complex. Uh, but you know, you're always looking for guys who know what the heck they're doing. And to say that, you know, you get the rare player who can figure it out fast. Right. Michael Thomas was able to figure it out pretty quickly. Um, Marcus Colston, as a rookie, came in from Hofstra. He started game one. He was able to figure it out quickly. Alvin Kamara has been able to figure it out quickly. There are some rare occasions where you're able to find guys who can figure it out. But even Marshawn Lattimore, he said as a rookie, you know, he was just playing off athleticism at cornerback. He said, hey, I didn't really know what the plays were. I was just lining up going out there against guys, you know, because he's physically gifted. Not everybody's able to do that. You know, he's a special kind uh, and if you can't you better be smart enough to figure out where you're supposed to be lining up 
Marshawn benefits from playing cornerback, and the Saints can say, okay, go cover that guy mm-hmm. and not yeah. have to ask him to do a whole lot of things. But if you're Saquon Hampton or if you're C.J. Gardner-Johnson who are playing those safety positions and the Saints like to move their safeties around and put them in the box and put them deep and you know maybe rush them off the edge sometimes, you better figure out what you're doing. Otherwise, it's going to be hard for you to play. I think one guy that's figured it out pretty quickly here is Eric McCoy. I mean, we've talked about him. He's been a big headliner coming into this this training camp, especially as a top draft pick for the Saints. Um, but we thought it was going to be more of a battle between him, Nick Easton, Cameron Tom. And not that it hasn't been a battle, um, but we've se- seen Eric and Cam Tom more at uh, the center position more than we've seen Nick Easton. We've seen Nick Easton more at that swing mm-hmm. position. Um, and so I think – Cam Tom and Nikki, uh, excuse me, uh, Eric McCoy are going to be more of the the challengers there at the center position. But Eric talked today, and he seemed pretty comfortable at that position. Well, and he should be. He's been playing center a long time. He's 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 probably more comfortable with the shotgun snap now. He'll get more comfortable with the with the quarterback under center. Drew mm-hmm. Brees plays probably more under center than obviously he's snapped in college. Uh, but he's a guy. You know, when you draft a guy nowadays in the second round, you expect that guy to play. Uh, you're not drafting that guy to come in and be tutored and to learn at somebody's knee and, you know, kind of ease him in in a couple of years. You're drafting that guy to play now. And Eric McCoy, he is a big dude who looks like he can play the part at center. Uh, and the main thing is whether or not he can he can get into the cohesion with the offensive line. Looks like he's getting – well, obviously he's getting that opportunity because, again, you mentioned him and Cameron Tom. And Cameron Tom – has been a good player for the Saints. Uh, he can play swing guard and he can also play center. But look, Eric McCoy is here for a reason. I think everybody understands that. Uh, everybody understands the realities of the NFL of when you draft a guy and when you 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 pay a guy that high, you expect that guy to play. He was the Saints' top draft pick this year because they didn't have a first rounder. So um, yeah, he looks like he's easing into it. We've seen you know some shaky moments, you know, with him snapping to Drew Brees. That's just he, they're gonna have to de- develop. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna have to develop their chemistry, and they will. But it's gonna have to be repetition after repetition after repetition after repetition before they can get that. And that's what that's what training camps for. Well, we're lucky we're returning. The Saints are returning most of their offensive line. Uh, you talked to Teron Armstead the other day, and he was like, "Whoever gets that position, they're gonna earn it. We're not just gonna give it to them because it's convenient because they're around. That person is gonna earn their position, whether they have to bring in someone else or whatever that is. But I think Eric McCoy is doing a pretty good job so far. Yeah, I think he's gonna be the guy. Now, the the if you're if you're Cameron Tom, you take solace in this. The Saints, number one, kept him originally because even as an undrafted rookie. So, you know, the Saints have a firm belief in, you know, we will let you earn what you get and we'll give it to you once you earn it. But, again, Eric McCoy was drafted at that position. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the highest guy on their board. Uh, I believe they thought, think he was the first-round talent that they were able to get in the second round. So he was he he was drafted for a reason. If they felt really 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 great about it, you probably don't draft a center right there. But they drafted the highest graded guy at that at that position draft wise who was in their draft pool, and it happened to be Eric McCoy. So I think Eric McCoy is is here to start, and it's probably just a matter of time before he bubbles up to the top. We're approaching an off day, first off day of training camp here on Wednesday. Do you think we're going to see a lot of changes on the Saints roster, or are you thinking it's going to be kind of more of the same? Well, there can always be some shakeup. I know, um, you know, there was a report that the Saints were looking at uh, Lions running, former Lions running back Theo Riddick, right. who was released. And so, you know, what that tells you is the Saints are going to kick all the tires. Uh, they're going to find out 
if there's somebody on the street who's better than they have in the building and if there's somebody better on the street that's in the building, then they're going to go and get that guy and bring him in. Um, they just brought in an offensive lineman, as you mentioned, as they make the transition away from uh, Cameron Meredith. So they've shown themselves to be a team, you know, training camp on in. They will go out and shake the bushes and see if they can find the right guy. Remember a couple of years ago, the Saints went all the way through training camp, entirely through training camp, brought in Will Lutz for a tryout, you know, days before the season opener. Will Lutz, the kicker, came in and wowed him, and they signed him and cut the kicker that they had brought out of training camp. So that tells you they, if there's a talented guy out there. Man, if I was that kicker, I would have been pissed. I'm I went through sh- all I'm, this. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he in. was. But, you know, at the, you know, if the proof being in the pudding, Will Lutz was the right guy. Right. Uh, but, I mean, he, you know, and I can't remember who the kicker's name is. It escapes me right now. But you go all the way through training camp. And the oh, Saints, I would have been so, and the Saints, I been a salty you know, dog. Bring in a guy, try him out and say, you know what? He's too good for us to let go. Uh, that can happen at any position uh, because they're always looking for upgrades. Right. Right. Well, it'll be interesting. Uh, tomorrow's training camp, of course, is sold out. It'll begin at 8.50 a.m. and wrap up around 11.45. We will hear from Sean Payton and select players, as always, live on NewOrleansSaints.com. You can also watch on the Saints app presented by Verizon. And, of course, follow at Saints on social media. J.D., thanks for catching up with me today. Uh, as always, I'll see you out there bright and early tomorrow morning. It hasn't been too too hot. It was a little toasty today. Now, I, I heard that it was 86 degrees at one point it was 86 degrees and 94 heat index and it felt a lot warmer than that but then we got some cloud covering so you know as far as training camp these first couple days first few days have been probably about as good as we're gonna get i expect it to turn ugly at some point in time i keep waiting for it it hadn't happened yet but this is south louisiana so at some point we're gonna be out there baking well of course well thanks jd uh see you out there like i said And uh, you can catch us again Wednesday afternoon. We'll have another Saints podcast. But until then, thanks for joining us.